Well, praise the Lord. This here's Pastor Jerry once again coming to you wherever you're at, wherever uh, you're might be in the states or out of states or wherever you're at, whatever country, uh, whatever device you're listening to or watching. I mean, there's all kinds of ways, isn't it amazing? Well, anyway, it's uh, it's an honor. It's always a privilege, praise God, to come to you with the Word of God and really to have people that are just willing to hear and, uh, you know, receptive and uh, willing to grow and go higher. And so for that, we're just grateful. We're always thankful, praise God, to uh, uh, be able to bring the Word of God to you. Today, once again, uh, this kind of being like a Sunday service, pre-recorded service, we're going to do a kingdom principle or uh, maybe even a, a call, maybe even a kingdom insight, and we're going to talk about joy today, the joy of the Lord. And uh, we're going to talk about maintaining joy. I think in a day and an hour that we're in right now, that may not be such a bad thing to minister on. Amen. If anything, at least, you know, maybe I need it. <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord. So we're going to first start with the book of Acts, and we're going to go uh, to chapter 20 of the book of Acts, please. And that's where we're going to start. And uh, what we have in context, this is Paul um, talking to uh, the elders at Ephesus, praise God. And uh, so what we got, uh, let's just kind of go down here, um, going to kind of maybe jump in the middle of this, but we're going to go to like verse 20. Two, let's do that. And it says this, and see now, of course, this is Paul talking, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen, all right, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies, all right, or gives witness or bears witness in every city, saying that chains and tribulation await me. Praise God, everywhere he went, he knew, he knew what was ahead, all right? Verse 24, but none of these things move me. None of these things move me. Praise God. That's the thing about Paul. He wasn't moved by anything. Uh, none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. Here we go. So that I may finish my race. There we go. Finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Now, two different things mentioned here. He's talking about a race running. He's talking about the ministry that he has to fulfill. Now, that's no different than you and me. We all have a race to run. You know, we have a life to live in God. And, uh, you know, and that's just, you know, everyday living, what we do and how we do it, uh, raising families, um, you know, we got jobs, we got, some of us are in, in the ministry itself. Um, when you're talking about the ministry, it's pretty much talking about bearing your cross. So we've called the run our race and called the bear our cross. In other words, what we're called to do, the gifting, the calling, the anointing, the biddings, um, the uh, assignments that the Lord gives us, okay, just like uh, uh, the Lord, you know, uh, had, uh, you know, had to bear up His cross. All right, and he said to you and me that we have to bear up our cross. All right, um, we're all called in a sense to the ministry. Um, you know, there's some, of course, called to the fivefold ministry. I'm part of the fivefold ministry. Not everybody's called to that. Uh, and if you're not called to that, don't do that. Praise the Lord. Um, and uh, just saying, all right, I maybe mean, that's another sermon there. But 
uh, I will say this, but we're all still called to the ministry. The Word says that you're called to the ministry of reconciliation. That means everywhere you go, you represent the, key, the King. You represent the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light. And uh, we're all called to help reconcile uh, those out there. Everybody out there that don't know the Lord or have strayed from the Lord, our heart is to win them to Christ and to turn them toward the Lord. And if they've uh, you know, fallen back or pulled away, is to try to get them stirred back up again, get them back uh, where they need to be, praise the Lord. So we're all called to that degree of ministry, to, to go into all the world and to be a light. Um, you know, we're just, we all have that, that particular uh, facet of ministry we're called to. So uh, in context here, he's talking about, you know, running a race and this ministry he's called to fulfill. But you notice he said that you finish it, okay? We're called to finish our race. All right. And Paul even made that clear later on in the scriptures. He said, you know, I finished my race. I kept the faith, right? So, you know, he knew uh, he fulfilled what he was called to do. Amen. The race he was called to run. Now, you're called to finish your race. You're called to fulfill your giftings, your callings, you know, your assignment. Amen. Uh, but it says here there's a key here. All right. And it says with joy. All right. With joy. All right. Because that's really how it works. Uh, we all need joy. Amen. Uh, the word joy uh, it's in itself is defined as uh, uh, gladness, um, uh, jubilation, uh, merriment, okay? But it, spells, it speaks of a force, and I'm going to kind of define that here in just a minute. If you, you know, if you get a chance, maybe later you, you go to, but Nehemiah 8.10, it says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of of the Lord is your strength. So first and foremost, it clarifies that joy, the joy of the Lord signifies that it's divine in origin. Okay, it's a God thing. Okay, we also know in Scripture that it's part of the fruit of the Spirit, tells us in Galatians 5. All right, so, uh, you know, it's, it's a God thing. It's of the Spirit. Okay, so we're not talking about so much about an emotion, all right, which I'm touch more on that a little bit here, but uh, it's more about a force or uh, a strength, okay, uh, that comes from God. Now, Nehemiah, when he was talking in chapter 8 of Nehemiah, he brings out, uh, you know, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. He actually says this, do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, the word sorrow uh, there, uh, he's talking to the children, uh, at uh, the children of God at Jerusalem after they got done uh, rebuilding the wall, and then they he basically, by the Spirit of God, began to move toward rebuilding the people of God. So not just the wall around the city, but the people within the city. So there was a lot of things that they began to find out about a way of living in God that they weren't doing. Well, they all got a little overwhelmed by it. And he says, listen, do not sorrow. Okay, don't be, uh, don't be grie you know, worry here or full of grief. Uh, I think that word also might mean to uh, uh, perplex is another word. But it says this too, it says do not, uh, it means to, to, uh, to not fabricate it, okay? Now what that means is this, okay, um, don't make something bigger than it is, okay? They were all getting worked up, and he says do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength, okay? Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength, okay? Um, now I'm going to kind of clarify that. So what he's telling them is, listen, don't. there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of pressure going on, a lot of things happening, okay? Um, 
in this same thing in the same text with with uh, Paul here at, at Ephesus. He's he's letting it be known. We, he knows there's all kinds of things. Okay, there's a lot of a pressure I'm gonna uh, that I am dealing with, and a lot of pressure I'm gonna be dealing with. And uh, he just knew this. He said, the only way I'm gonna fulfill this because I need to do this. The only way I'm gonna get her done is with joy. All right, and that's exactly what Nehemiah was saying too. Same thing. You know, the only way this is going to happen is with joy. So don't make something bigger than it is because you got enough pressure on your plate. You don't have to, you know, since no more drama, you know, don't make something a lot bigger than it is. Uh, don't fabricate something. Uh, just understand that, yeah, there are things that you're going to have to do. There are things that need to, ha that need to happen, but do it with joy, okay? So this joy thing, okay, here you are. So joy, all right, is our strength, all right? Strength means a fortified place, a sense of stronghold, fortress, defense, or force, okay? In fact, in both the Old Covenant and New Covenant, it brings out that it's a spiritual force, okay? So it's divine strength within an individual that arises and causes one to overcome something, okay? It means a powerful force, here we go, to hold one steady, to hold one steady regardless of the pressure. And that's why I brought out some things there with Paul and some things with Nehemiah is because there's pressure. There's pressure to quit. There's pressure to be discouraged, uh, to be weary. Um, you know, everything that's going on nowadays even, uh, it's just stuff that tries to war against you to get you caught up and worked up. Uh, sometimes maybe there's certain parts of it that look like, you know, it's, it's, it's trying to, uh, let the air out of your tires, so to speak, okay? But you're going to have to maintain joy. That's what we're called to do. Uh, you know, we may not be able to change every, all, all the things around us other than maybe our, our unity in the, in the faith as far as prayer is concerned. And I believe that the body of Christ is doing that, amen. But that it doesn't change the fact that you do still have some issues and, and uh, uh, pressures that are attacking you. And uh, I know as a pastor, feel it every, every day, uh, every week, you know, there's pressure, and some of this stuff that's going on adds more pressure, all right, and just from different things. And if you don't watch it, pretty soon you're weary. Pretty soon you're discouraged. Pretty soon you feel overwhelmed. Uh, it ain't long, and then you feel like, you know, you, you, what's the point, right? You start almost this, uh, you know, this backup uh, quit mentality tries to get on you. And the only way to beat that is with this thing called joy. You got to maintain joy. If you don't maintain joy in the in the in the things of God, in the spirit of God, if you don't maintain joy, it's only a matter of time, and you're going to run out of steam. You're going to run out of fuel, so to speak. Uh, you know, you're uh, like I said earlier, the the air in your tires are going to get let out, and pretty soon you're trying to run run around with these flat tires. And believe me, that ain't easy. All right, so. Maybe a few little analogies there, but the point uh, trying to make is none of us are exempt from this, okay? This is a kingdom principle or a kingdom insight is that if we're going to finish our race or finish our ministry or finish the assignment that we're called to, we're going to have to do this thing called joy, all right? Uh, joy, again, is a force that drives back weariness, drives back discouragement, amen? It's more, now listen, Joy is more than a pleasant quality, state of mind, or a, a passing emotion or feeling. But, right, it's a force, all right, something that's constant, a spiritual force that's constant, amen, that will affect 
your mind, your emotions, your feelings, praise God. You got to remember your, your mind, emotions, your feelings are all elusive. They all, you know, they fluctuate, okay? Uh, that's why maybe I'll just toss this in here too, you know. We're talking about uh, the joy of the Lord. We're not just talking about being happy, okay? Now, we're called to be happy, and we should be happy, all right? But happy uh, is more of an emotion, okay, that comes out of the word happening, all right? Which means if the, if the happening's good, then you're going to be happy, right? If the happening's not good, there's a good chance you may not be happy, right? That's, that's why it's an emotional thing. But joy is not, not really an emotional thing. It will affect your emotions. It's not a feeling thing, but it will affect your feelings, all right? It's not a mental thing, but it will affect your mind, all right? That's just the facts, okay? So we're talking about this spiritual force, all right, that drives back weariness, that causes a believer to be steady even in the midst of pressure, all right? So both the examples we gave with Paul and Nehemiah, both of them were men that stayed steady even in the midst of pressure, praise God. So with that said, let's, um, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 12. I'm going to do that. I didn't know for sure if I was or not, but we're going to do it anyway. Isaiah chapter 12. Let's see here. All right. And um, verse 3, I probably recommend you maybe all to kind of go back later and read through all of this. It's just a short chapter, but verse 3 is kind of the key verse for us today. It just says, therefore with joy, this is Isaiah 12, verse 3 here, Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Okay, now what does that mean? Well, the wells speaks of that which springs forth, a fountain, a source of satisfaction is what that word well means. Um, but a well of salvation, that word salvation, by the way, is Yeshua, okay? Um, and it means deliverance. All right, it means aid, help, uh, health, wealth, victory. It refers to literally a place of victory. Okay, so when we're talking about, you know, uh, you know driving back weariness and we're talking about, uh, you know, being steady in the midst of pressure and we're talking about standing, this verse here, talking about even standing in your place of victory, drawing from the wells of salvation, the way it's done is with joy. All right, you got to hang on to that because joy is, is vital. It's important to you and me as a believer, all right? Uh, we just, we got to do uh, what it takes to maintain joy in our life. And that's what I'm going to talk about uh, the rest of the service here. I'm going to talk about stirring up and maintaining joy, all right? Uh, you can go back later and read through more of this uh, book of Isaiah. But uh, uh, let's go to Hebrews uh, 12 now. Let's go to Hebrews 12. Amen. Kind of, that's kind of more of my intro, I guess, in a sense. But Hebrews 12, and we're going to look really primarily at a lot of common verses, a lot of verses that we know uh, concerning the joy, uh, things that we've heard. But again, I want to, uh, you know, focus on maintaining joy, all right? Um, you know, I, I think sometimes, you know, we hear a lot of messages about joy and we still treat it like it's an emotion. It's not an emotion. 
Like we're going to wait for some good, good thing to happen that we're going to, okay, now we can be joyful. And uh, I, I think we missed the boat on a lot of stuff. I think if we got joy, see, it's kind of like uh, putting the cart before the horse, all right? If we will put joy, okay, in the front, okay, it doesn't matter what's in the cart. It doesn't matter what you're pulling or what you're dealing with, okay? But if, we, if, you, if you're waiting for everything, you know, to be good, if you're waiting for the lights to all turn green before you pull out of the garage, well, then, you know, what's going to happen is you're not going to get anywhere, all right? So joy is there to help you get to where you got to get to. And as, as Paul brought out, to finish my race. See, that's, that's the name of the game is finish. You know, we want to finish this thing. I, you know, we all probably had a wonderful uh, start. You know, we started with a glorious, uh, uh, you know, example of what, what God could do. We, we all had a great testimony. Uh, you know, we bore witness of, of what God did in the beginning and how he came out of this and came out of that and got changed here and changed there. Uh, but then all of a sudden, you know, life begins to move on. Here you are, a child of God. You're doing you know, some things, and, and then pretty soon, you know, just life just begins to try to take over. You know, pretty soon you're, you're overwhelmed by stuff. Pretty soon stuff like we're dealing with right now, you know, in our society, uh, stuff gets kind of crazy and nuts. So what happens is pretty soon it, it starts affecting us emotionally, mentally, right? Uh, you know, it begins to uh, try to weigh on us. And if you don't watch it, pretty soon it gets the best of us, all right? And, uh, you know, joy is there to help you maintain your walk in the midst of pressure, keeping back weariness, keeping back discouragement, keeping back, uh, in a sense, uh, uh, that, that tiredness that tries to get on you. Uh, so uh, that's why we're, we're focusing on this today. So, uh, Hebrews 12, verse 2 now, all right? Looking unto Jesus, of course, I'm kind of jumping in the middle of a statement here. Looking unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith, all right? That's who we stay focused on. Uh, who for the, here we go, for the joy that was set before him, okay? So we're seeing that joy thing now. See, it says Jesus, now talking about him as our author and finisher. See, for the joy that was set before him, all right, uh, he endured the cross. In other words, he, that was his assignment, right? That's what he was called to do, all right? So for him to finish what he had to finish, okay, he had to, uh, it said with joy, amen, what did it say here? That joy was set before him, okay? Now let's, let me explain this in a minute. He, uh, joy that was set before him endured the cross and even despising the shame or the disgrace and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, uh, one translation said this, he never lost sight uh, of where he was headed. He never lost sight of that. And that definitely brings that out. But what, what you see here, it says joy that was set before him. Okay? So joy that was set before him. Now, the word set before him is actually one Greek word, okay? And it means to lie uh, before one's view. In other words, to, to, to bring something and set it in front of one's view, okay? to lie be, uh, before one's view, to be present to the mind, or to stand forth as reward or be first. Now, what it's talking about is expectation, okay, a picture. In fact, expectation is defined as a foresight, a picture, a snapshot, or a glimpse of something in the future. And this is what he's talking about. Uh, if you remember, just maybe I'll just kind of toss that out here uh, earlier in the chapter earlier, 
uh, Hebrews 11 and 1, it says that faith without, uh, uh, pardon me, uh, uh, yeah, uh, let me read it because I'm going to misquote it here. Uh, verse 1 of Hebrews says, Now faith, here we go, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now hoped for is referring to an expectation. So even your faith won't work without some form of expectation. And that's what he brings out here in chapter 12, all right? So little rabbit trail there. But anyway, uh, the point is, is the way he fulfilled and finished what he was called to do was he set a picture in front of him, all right, for the joy that was set before him. Now, I'm talking about maintaining joy, all right? Well, first, it's going to start with keeping the right picture in front of you, okay? He, he saw what was ahead. He stayed focused on what was ahead. Why am I hanging on a cross? Why am I paying a price for all mankind? Why am I doing this? Why did he? Why? Because of what he saw ahead. You and me free. You and me uh, born again, uh, serving God, you know, reign, ruling and reigning in the kingdom of light. Amen. He saw all that ahead. He kept that in front of him. Amen. That was a part of maintaining that joy. Amen. For him to finish. All right. So if we're going to talk about maintaining, stirring up and maintaining joy, it's going to start with you getting the right picture, setting the right thing in front of you, all right? Uh, you know, a lot of times you have to do that because of everything that might be going on at the moment looks completely opposite. You may be believing for something and pressing in for something. Your faith extended for something uh, to be different or to change or something to manifest or whatever it is. You have to understand that without an expectation, you know, like I said, in Hebrews 11, it talks about a hope or an expectation or an anticipation. Okay, here he's just talking about something set before you, a picture, a glimpse of something set before you. So it's basically the same thing. It just talks about an expectation, all right? So in order to press through the moment, you got to have an expectation of better things ahead, all right? You can't be moved. That's why it says faith. You know, it says it isn't moved by what you see, all right? We don't, we don't live by sight, amen. We don't live by the natural eye, the, the senses. We can't live by that, amen. If you're going to walk by faith, you can't live by the senses, all right? So uh, the way to do that is you got to keep your imagination locked on and do whatever it takes to keep an expectation of things ahead, all right? Jesus saw you and me. In fact, they sing songs about it, right? He had you on his mind when he hung on the cross, all right? He did. He absolutely did. Well, how did he do that, okay? He didn't necessarily have a, a picture, in, in a sense. He had up here a picture, right? He, he, he saw ahead everything he was doing, what it was going to accomplish and fulfill across the planet. You and me, everybody, praise God, the world, all right? So he had an expectation. So part of maintaining joy is to keep a right expectation. You have to do it. All right, you have to see the things ahead, what you're really moving towards, what you're trying to accomplish. You got to keep that in front of you and do whatever it takes. All right, some people actually do have, uh, you know, board, uh, you know, place at home or somewhere in their office that they have things that are hanging that that, that constantly keeps them reminded of of what they're reaching for, what they're believing for. All right, that's there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. It's actually a great, uh, you know, uh, exercise to to keep in front of you all the time. All right, so keeping yourself aware of what you're truly pressing for and believing for, all right? So that's what Jesus did. He had an expectation of days like now. He saw us today. 
And as a result of it, he was able to press through, maintain joy, because it became a force, a spiritual force, uh, divine. Uh, it, joy is divine in origin. All right, I'll say that again. All right, so it's a God thing working within you and me, amen, causing us to press through, to stay steady in the midst of all kinds of pressure, amen. But part of that to keep it stirred is you got to maintain an expectation of better things ahead, all right? All right, that's one thing, all right? Let's look at James. Let's back up now. Um, James 1, amen. Now, you think about expectation. Um, you know, it gives you a better, gives you a better outlook. Um, maybe I could say um, it actually gives you direction. I mean, that's just, you know, we've, we've taught on many times just on that subject alone. And, uh, you know, it's about keeping you going in the right direction even. So I think it's just always good to have good expectation. Now, Hebrew, oh, pardon me, James 1, verse 2, I'm going to go to. Um, James 1, verse 2, and it says this, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That's a good verse there, okay? Count it all joy when you, when you fall into various trials. And it just talks about pressure again talks about testings and, and provings, okay? So there's all kinds of uh, pressure coming on you, enemies pushing on you, okay? So it says, count it all joy. That's got to be a key here. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Well, what does that mean? Well, to count it all joy, the word count, again, means to consider, to think of. So it's obviously talking about the mind again. Uh, to take account of something, to have rule over, or to lead or command with authority, okay? That's what this word count means, all right? So what's he talking about here? Well, he's talking about you got to not only have an expectation, but you got to be meditating on the right thing. Now, the reason it uses the word count is because we have a tendency sometimes uh, to count it all bad. We have a tendency sometimes to make our list, in a sense, not even not so much write it all down, but mentally we have this list of all the stuff that ain't going right. Well, you know, after a while, that's going to wear on you. After a while, you're going to run out of, out of energy and steam, right? You're not going to get to where you got to get to. So here he's talking about count it all joy. So what he's talking about now is change your list, okay? If you're going to make a count of something, if you're going to take something in consideration, you're going to meditate on something, meditate on the list of good things, all right? Now, we're talking about maintaining joy. We're talking about this is your part of stirring and maintaining joy, all right? So not only do you keep a picture of better things ahead, but you maintain, amen, you think about and meditate on all the good things that are happening. It'll just help, it'll just help joy stay intact, all right? So you think about, uh, you know, Paul said in Philippians 4, he said, you know, uh, you know, meditate on that which is good and noble and just and lovely and perfect, and that was, that's of good report and anything praiseworthy. We meditate on these things, right? And then it goes on to say, in the peace of God, uh, uh, be there, praise God. The, uh, amen. I'll be just there for you to, uh, to help fortify things, praise God. But the idea is you got to keep your mind on the right stuff, all right? The Word also tells us, um, I, uh, I wrote down in my notes in Acts 16, we see where Paul and Silas are in a Philippian jail, and there ain't nothing good going on around them right that moment. I mean, let's face it. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's like a dungeon. You know, it's, it's infested with rats and, and pestilence and, and, you know, sewage and everything else down. These things, and there ain't nothing that was good about where they were at. And here they are chained to the wall, 
and probably chained together there, whatever. And there's other prisoners, obviously, there, it said. And so we're all, they're all down there chained and, and uh, imprisoned for, uh, for doing a good thing. They were. They were imprisoned for doing a good thing, all right? So they could have just said, you know what, this, this ministry stuff's for the birds. You know, this, uh, you know we try to do something good, and look, look where it gets us. You know, they could have sat there and took account of all that they did, and then just to get, you know, here they are now, uh, you know, being pressured and suffering for it, all right? They could have done that, but they didn't. The Word says they began to give God praise, they began to sing a song, amen, to worship God. And what they did, see, is they, they changed their thinking, or I shouldn't say they changed their thinking, they just kept their thinking locked on the good. And what happened was, here they are, they began to praise God and worship God, and it began, and obviously they did it loud enough that everybody down there heard, and all of a sudden the walls shook, everything shook, and the, the chains fell off, and the doors popped open. I mean, they got delivered because they chose to stay locked on to the right thing as far as what they were meditating on. Amen. Now, again, I'm just using that as an example of count it all joy. All right. So we not only, uh, you know, maintain a picture and expectation of better things, but we learn to meditate. We don't just take account of all the bad and negative things going on, but instead, praise God, we take account of all the good that God's doing. Amen. And guess what? There is a whole lot of good stuff going on. And even though we can look around, and yeah, there's a few bad things going on too. But I'll tell you what, when you really start to look at it and you really start to meditate, amen, on what's going good, it's amazing how much is really going good. All right. And it begins to keep, amen, to stir and maintain and keep your joy intact. Okay. Just another principle. All right. So, the, the, where you put your mind's huge, all right? Let's look at another one. We're going to go to Psalms this time, Psalm 16. And really, again, all I'm talking about um, is just maintaining joy, all right? Keeping it stirred up, keeping it intact, all right? Joy's in there, all right? Joy is in there. You just got to keep it intact, all right? Keep it doing what it's supposed to be doing, all right? All right, let's see here. Uh Psalm 16, I'm going to go to verse 11, please. And again, uh, at least to me, this is a pretty common text. Um, verse 11 says this, uh, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness or satisfaction, amen, of joy. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In other words, uh, in His presence is fullness of joy, and it's pleasurable, okay, is what it really kind of brings out, okay? So you think about this now, okay, so what, uh, what is another thing that we can do to maintain joy in our life? Well, maintain presence. How do you maintain presence? Well, James 4 brings out real clear, when you draw near to Him, He draws near to you. And any time you draw near to God is always a step in the right direction, I'm just telling you, okay? Uh, to me, that's just a no-brainer, okay? So what you do is take the time, especially in your time, your devotional time, your prayer time, uh, where you learn to get a little bit still and you just kind of lean into God. Amen. I think it wasn't too far back here. I talked a lot more about, you know, my experience of coming into presence and what it, what it refers to. That it literally means a face-to-face -face encounter with Him, okay? We're just talking about not that you see Him with the natural eye, but it literally... Uh, by the Spirit, you're stepping into a whole different realm. 
okay, of uh, just His presence. And the Scriptures are so clear, amen, I, I'm not going to go into all of it, but we do know by Scripture that in His presence is joy and pleasure for, forevermore or pleasurable, okay. Um, it uh, also says, uh, He said to Moses that in my uh, presence is rest, okay. Now you think about all these kind of things, okay, things that try to overwhelm you, okay, uh, trying to, like I said, you know, take the air out of your tires, so to speak, trying to knock you off your faith, trying to get you to give up and quit or be discouraged or whatever it is, okay, how much presence is key, okay, just spending a little time in the presence of God brings joy, brings pleasure, uh, brings rest. Uh, the book of Acts says that there's times of refreshment, amen, it's like, you know, uh, on a very hot, you've been working, doing stuff, you're real hot, and all of a sudden you drink that, that uh, cold glass of water, and all, it's just, like, it's just like, just total refreshment, just in an instant. Well, that's what it's talking about. So times of refreshment, amen, times of restoration. There's another one that goes on to talk about, amen, where things get restored. Now, you think about all these things that happen just by spending some time in the presence of God, just spending some time one-on-one -on -one with Him, in the presence of God, okay? But the, one of the things we're talking about today is joy. So all of a sudden, your joy gets stirred. It gets intact, amen, uh, you know, or remains intact uh, because you're spending time with the source of joy. It only makes sense, right? The joy of the Lord. Well, then you probably should hang out with the Lord of joy if you're going to have the joy of the Lord, right? I mean, anyway. But the point is, it's just, it, it, that's where it works or how it works. It's, it's a, a big part of this maintain some joy. If you're not doing that every day, and please, I beg of you, uh, Paul would say, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, amen, to spend time with the Lord on a daily basis, all right? It doesn't take long. I mean, if you just give them a half hour of just time, uh, just praying, uh, you know, to the Lord and in the Spirit, and just give Him time to communicate, amen, it's, it's going to bring joy, Amen. Uh, it says the fullness of joy, and it says, and pleasurable, praise God. In fact, uh, just for whatever it's worth, I mean, not that we go by uh, feelings or anything like that, but I get in the presence of God, I get those Holy Ghost goosebumps, you know, uh, uh, you know the, uh, that just come on you because you're, you're standing, you're basically face-to-face -face with the creator of the ends of the earth. I mean, it just, it does something to you physically, all right? Not that we live by goosebumps, but uh, but sometimes you're kind of, you know, it's just, it's pleasurable. When you get in His presence, you, you, you just know you're in His presence, all right? It be even affects you physically, affects you emotionally, affects you mentally, all right? Uh, it, it just affects you, amen, it brings pleasure, amen, and fullness of joy. That's a big key, amen, as we're talking about today. All right, so praise God, there's one, praise the Lord. Um, let's see here, let's go to, back to the New Covenant, to John. We'll come back to Psalms here in a minute. Uh, John and 15, please. John and 15. Men, remember now, we're just talking about maintaining the joy, keeping the joy stirred. And even if I'm preaching this for myself, that's fine. Praise God. But I'll tell you what, uh, it doesn't matter who we are. doesn't matter what you're going through, okay? Uh, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. You know, we all uh, need to keep joy stirred up, and we need to maintain it, all right? It's just, it's necessary, all right, to get done what we got to get done. If you're going to finish your race and bear your cross and fulfill your assignment, 
this is you just got to do this all right it has to happen all right or you're just gonna you know you're just gonna be overwhelmed and one day you just kind of throw in the towel and say uh, you know I'm uh, I'm done with moving forward in God all right I'm done with going higher in God and uh, a lot of folks have done that okay and a lot of times it's based on uh, the things they've been going through the things they've had to deal with okay they might have dealt with uh, relational things or physical things you know uh, health issues you know uh, kid things or whatever it may be all kinds of stuff maybe they got uh, you know they got hurt with some kind of a, a situation or circumstance that happened and pretty soon that's that's all they focus on that's all they give attention to and pretty soon you know they're they stop with spending time with the Lord and and next thing you know man they're they're running out of steam man they're uh, you know they're not moving down the road anymore they're not they're not finishing the race all right uh, they've had back, they've headed back to the bus. You know they're not they're not they're not out there running around the track. They're they, you know they're they're giving up. You know they're done. All right. So uh, this is just a key thing. So now we see in John uh, 15 and verse 11. This is Jesus talking. Okay, he says this: These things I have spoken to you. So in other words, he you know been speaking. Uh, quite a few of these chapters here is really is him. Uh, you know, spending time with the disciples and, and ministering to them. So here he is talking, okay, ministering to them. And, of course, now it's been recorded and wrote down for you and me uh, to read this. All right, but this is what he said. These things I have spoken to you that my joy, why did I speak these to you? Because my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So, we're seeing something here. In fact, in fact, let's do. Let's look at another one real quick for this. And First uh, John, chapter one. First John, chapter one, and verse four. It says, "And these things." This is John uh, writing this, of course. These things we write to you that your joy may be full. Now, the reason I read both these verses is because he's talking really about the same thing. You know, Jesus spoke things. And they were recorded for you and me to read. Okay, there were things by the Spirit of God that was uh, that was breathed. It was God breathed. All right, and then recorded. Amen. For you and me to have. Now, these words. All right. In fact, uh, Hebrews four says that the word is living and powerful. Right. John six brings out that his words are spirit and they're life. Okay. So you know we we. We see that the word is a, is 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 alive and living, a spirit thing, a life thing. But what he brings out is that when you begin to bring the word within, you begin to meditate on this word, or read this word, or take time to quote the word. What is it doing? It's bringing joy. It's causing your joy to stay intact. All right, because he said, "My joy will remain in you, and your joy may be made full." Praise God. Just by what? The things he said, the things that have been recorded for you and me. So the point is this, okay, not only do we, uh, you know, keep an expectation of better things and meditate, praise God, keep count of, of, of right things in our mind. Not only do we uh, spend time in the presence of the Lord, but we have to spend some time in this word, okay? It's critical. But if you will spend time in this word, amen. What happens, part of what happens, not only are your, is your mind renewed and not only do you, uh, you know, find truth and, and, and you know, uh, begin, you know, walk in some insight and revelation about things, but it also causes your joy to stay intact. All right, so it's pretty key. So 
uh, one years ago, when I was still just uh, still involved in youth ministry, um, there was a, a minister that was just that really ministered to me a lot, and um, I'm not even sure how how where and how he's doing now. But at the time, uh, it was a minister that was very much out there, and we could, uh, you know, uh, he was on television, and and uh, he ministered some things. And one of the things he brought out that when he got first got started in the ministry, him and some of his close friends that were in the ministry, um, they, they began to, uh, what they would do is they just pray. They said, we're going to go, we're going to read the red and pray for the power. That's what he said. Read the red and pray for the power, right? In other words, read what Jesus said and pray that that begins to manifest for us. Amen. And uh, what happened was they, they got, they had this like mini revival going on because all because they would read the red and pray for the power, praise God. Well, man, I tell you what, they were all excited. They were full of joy. Amen. Why? Because they read the red. Amen. They read the red, R-E-D, right? They read the red, amen, and prayed for the power, praise God. Well, that's no different than for you and me. Amen. Get in the Word. Meditate on the Word. Amen. And pray that that manifests in your life. And you'll be amazed how much joy uh, begins to be stirred up and maintained and made and brought to, into a place of fullness, praise God, in your life just because you got the Word of God stirring in you, all right? Praise the Lord. All right, so that's another thing. Let's just look at another text, Psalms again. Let's, let's go to Psalms. We'll probably, we'll probably wrap things up in the Psalms here today. Psalms chapter 5, please, all right? Psalms 5. Psalms 5, and um, I'm going to read, I think I'll just read verse 11. It says this, but let all those rejoice, amen, rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those uh, also who love your name, here we go, be joyful in you. Now, there's three things mentioned in this text, okay? It says rejoice. It talks about a shout for joy, and it talks about this word joyful, to be joyful. Now, all of them, all of them are different Hebrew words here. Okay, so I thought it was, it was good to maybe closing with, with looking at this verse, dissecting this verse a little bit, uh, because we're talking about maintaining joy, keeping it stirred up, right? So this verse gives us some keys. Okay, so uh, the first one, this word rejoice, all right? Uh, the, the Hebrew word is samach, okay, which means uh, literally to cheer up, brighten up, make glad, make merry, or cause to rejoice. I had to look that up, which means cause something to happen, to give reason for it, to instigate something, activate something, give occasion, or to rouse something. So what it's talking about now with rejoicing, amen, in the Lord, to rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. In fact, uh, uh, Paul brought in the book of Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. It's an ongoing thing. You've got to rejoice. So in other words, you're, you're giving praise. Now, it's talking about here with your mouth. Okay, so you got to get any, you know, you ever notice we, somehow we always end up here, don't we? Uh, you know, your mouth has to get involved and you got to get your mouth working for you and not against you because it's, it's a, you know, it's inevitable that whatever you think on, okay, you think on it long enough, it sets down into your heart, then it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the problem with mouth speaking is it begins through your, the dominion and authority that you walk in, it begins to establish things 
in your life. So if all you're thinking about is the bad and all that sinks into your heart is bad and all that's coming out your mouth is bad, it just keeps the bad recirculating, okay? So that's why we got to change it. So it says you got a purpose, amen, to rejoice. Keep doing it. Rejoice. What do you do now? Well, just rejoice some more. Well, I did all that. Do it again. Rejoice. In other words, start giving God praise. Uh, Start giving God honor. Start giving God thanks. Do whatever it takes to keep yourself rejoicing. To rejoice. 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 All right? So you got to get your mouth involved. That's what it's talking about here. Then it goes on to say the shout of joy. Okay, that's a whole nother one. Okay, so that word um, is ranan, okay, R-A-N-A-N is the Hebrew word, ranan, okay, which means literally to cry out loud, sing out loud, or to cause to shout, okay? And you think, well, uh, you know, what, uh, you know I, I'm, not, I'm not a shouter, you know, or something. Well, you know, uh, you know, I saw you at the football game, and I saw you watching that game on, on television, or I saw you talking to you. Uh, you know, your kids maybe when, when they weren't, you know, lining up like they should or something. Uh, you know, I, I saw you, you know, I, listen, don't tell me you can't, you can't shout. I mean, uh, you know, you maybe ain't used to shouting in church, and I'm not telling everybody they have to shout in church, but I am telling you, praise God, once in a while a shout of joy will do you good, all right? And, you know, that's really, some victories come out of a shout of joy, all right? If you recall, uh, you know, uh, Joshua uh, in in uh, Joshua 6, we see the story where the walls of Jericho come down, and they came down, you know, after a shout, okay? We see uh, in Second Chronicles, and I think chapter 20, where Jehoshaphat and, and his uh, people, where they, they were shouting unto God, and as a result of it, their enemies were scattered, all right? Were eliminated, okay, because of a shout, all right? So there's a shout of joy. Amen. So every now and then, it'll do you good just to shout God, shout praises unto God. You know, just to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, these are things that are good. It's better to do that, to shout that than something else. I mean, this just is flat good doctrine, man. This is good doctrine. All right? This is just, this is just good doctrine right here. Okay? To, to begin to give, to rejoice, to shout for joy, amen. These are things that are necessary, amen. It, it'll get your, it'll get you, if anything, it'll jumpstart that joy again in your life. It'll, it'll help you stir up and maintain, amen, to keep intact the joy in your life, praise God. Amen, that force, I mean, it's there. And once it's, it's rolling and doing its thing, it's driving back weariness, driving back discouragement, keeping you steady in the midst of pressure, all right, but you got to keep, you got to do what it takes to maintain it, all right? Otherwise, it just sits dormant, you know? It's like a gift or a calling. You know, you, it's there. You've always been called. You always have a gift, but you don't do anything with it. You don't keep it stirred up, you know? So what happens, it just, it just goes dormant, and pretty soon, uh, you know, it, you, know you, you end your, your walk and, and never did do what you were called to do. Well, joy is, is part of the fruit of the Spirit. It's it's, 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 it's divine in origin. It's a God thing. It's a force on the inside to be there to help you, all right? But if you don't do anything to keep it stirred up and maintain it, then what happens is you'll you be overwhelmed by everything that goes on, all right? I know I'll keep repeating that, but it's just the facts, all right? Uh, the same text here in, in uh, Psalms 5, uh, it goes on and talks about being joyful. That's another thing it brings out, to be joyful. And that word, that Hebrew word is alats. 
okay, A-L-A-T-S, alots, okay, which means to jump for joy, all right, or a triumphant rejoicing, okay. Now, a good example of this is what Jesus said in Luke 6, okay, now this is one of my favorite ones because, uh, because I, I, it bore some fruit in my life, okay. Uh, but he said, even in the day of, of oppression, all the things that are going on, everything's stacked against you, and you got op- oppression. In other words, people pressing you and stuff, things going on, things happening that shouldn't be happening, but it's happening. And he says, in that day, you leap for joy. And you think, you, you know, leap for joy. Now, now you got me talking this, and now you want me to jump and leap? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing what you can do, amen, to keep your joy intact to keep yourself steady, amen, because joy has been stirred up, amen, and maintained in your life. So it keeps you steady in the midst of stuff. Years ago, early in ministry, okay, I mean, I was real, real uh, young in ministry here, and, you know, we when we took over the pastorate, you know, there was some things that happened, and then and, and kind of, in a sense, kind of a, a, a church split kind of happened, and, uh, you know, didn't, uh, didn't do anything wrong, just ministering, and, and the whole situation happened. I'm not going to go into all that, but next thing you know, about a third of your church is heading out the door, you know, and, you know, it's, you know, all the emotions you feel with that kind of thing, you know, you've been here ministering to them for, I think at the time, I think I might have been maybe a couple years into this, and um, as far as senior pastorate, I was involved in youth ministry several years prior to that, but but in, as a senior pastor, uh, I've been probably doing it then a couple years, and all of a sudden, you know, you got this thing happen, and it was it was about a three-year period. Uh, this thing was going on, off and on, and about the time you know you get a phone call and somebody says, "I'm I'm going to move on, I'm going to go here, I'm going to whatever," and you know, and then you had to go through all that uh, that emotion, uh, you know, feeling uh, you know like you. Uh, you know, you're failing, feeling like you've been betrayed, all them kind of crazy feelings that try to hit you. And really, it's just demonic. The enemy's just trying to uh, play a head game with you to get you to quit. But you need joy if you're going to finish. And, uh, well, at the time, I didn't feel like I had a lot of joy. Okay, I'm just doing this because I know I'm supposed to do it, and you know, but it wasn't any fun. Okay, and so, uh, you know, I'd get my heart right. I'd go and repent for... Uh, being, you know, maybe if there was some unforgiveness or if I wasn't being merciful here because of everything going on, so I'd get my heart right, get my head right, and I go back and I say, Lord, forgive me, you know, blah, 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 and then I get another phone call, boom, and I'll start over again, you know. And this kind of thing went on for nearly three years. And one year, uh, about, you know, about whatever it was, like I said, about the third year into this thing, or nearly three years, I don't think it was quite three, but nearly three years. Um, a minister was ministering on something, and they read through Luke 6. And they read that verse, and I think it's like verse 23 of Luke 6 there. And they read through it, and when they read through it, they were actually ministering about something else. But when they read that, the Spirit of God jumped inside of me, and He said, there's your answer. And I, and I knew right off the bat what He was talking about. I literally needed to start leaping for joy. And so what I started doing uh, right away is I began then, every time them feelings would try to hit me, I'd begin to leap for joy, begin to just praise God. And I just, in the, I just wherever I was at, most of the time I was like in the sanctuary or something, praying or studying for a service and uh, get a phone call or somebody say something or some thought had hit me. And I just start, I just start praising God. 
jumping and leaping and praising God. And it, it wasn't but a week. It wasn't even a full week. It was just several days into that, and all of a sudden, I'm free. And I've, and I've been free from that ever since, praise God. I, to, to think that still ministry pressures happen, absolutely. And times things that happen that I, I wish wouldn't happen, and even some people things that you wish would never happen, and, and they still try to hit you and, 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 and knock you back or whatever. But, man, I, I, nothing, uh, you know, after I went through that and, and got my victory, praise God, it was like water off a duck's back from here on, all right? Uh, and again, I'm not making light of all the other things we have to deal with. And yes, we do have to deal with some things. But <sighs> this leaping for joy thing, it was, a, it was a breakthrough for me, all right? Now, I'm just telling you my story, okay? But I'm talking about maintaining joy because this isn't just for the preacher man to do. The preacher man should do it, right? Right? Amen. You know, I mean, the people in ministry should get a hold of this and not let go of it, okay? But it's for everybody because we all have a race to run and we all are called to some facet of ministry, okay, to do things as unto the Lord and for the Lord, amen, to serve and to be a difference maker and a light and the salt of the earth, you know? I mean, it's what we're called to do. So this is a message for everybody. We all need to maintain joy in our life. Amen. Praise God. And uh, these are just, you know, half a dozen things here or whatever to just help you stir up and maintain joy in your life. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Hope you got something. Father, we just give praise and glory once again. We're thankful for your word and for this principle. Uh, we're thankful, Lord, for the insight about joy. <clears throat> and Father, forgive us for the times we didn't maintain joy like we should have. And it's happened. It happened once in a while. But, Father, I just thank you right now for your mercy and your forgiveness over that. But, Lord, our heart is to maintain joy, to stay stirred up, praise God, in the area of joy in our life. Amen. And so we give you the praise and the glory for this principle. Hallelujah. And for a people of God that had an ear to hear, a heart to receive, and for opening our eyes, praise God, in the area of joy, praise the Lord. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. I call you blessed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.